0: Welcome back to our Total Sense Bite Size episodes. I'm Tom Hensky, and I'm here to help parents teach their kids about money. Welcome back, Total Sense listeners. Today, I have a great financial advisor from Green Bay. That's right, Heather Lindsley. And I met her at a conference recently, and I tell you, we became fast friends when she started telling me all the amazing things that she's doing at a charter school. She's been in the business for almost 28 years as a financial advisor with Guided Path Financial Services and retirement planning. Uh, the stuff that she was telling about me about was just blowing my mind, and I had to have her on so you could hear it firsthand. It's always been my belief that financial advisors need to take a more active role in their communities, helping parents teach their kids about money, and wow, She's doing it. So welcome, Heather. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Well, okay. I'm going to just let you kick it off. uh, And I want to hear first, can you tell me a little about the schools that you're working at?
1: Sure. So I am working specifically in schools that do not have a traditional learning methodology. So they are more project-based. They still have to have Uh, math classes and language classes and stuff like that, but they teach them in a way that there's projects behind them so that the children have a uh, more in-depth learning opportunity because maybe the traditional sitting in a classroom doesn't work for them. So specifically, I started like 10 years ago, I was approached um, by a uh, friend from school you know, so way back from high school. And she said that uh, she knew that I was in the financial services industry and she was just wondering if I would come in and talk to her students about life insurance. And then she said, okay, now that we've done the life insurance bit, can you come and talk to them about investing? And so we just started with a one-off, you know, I came in once a year, talked to the kids for one hour and that was it. It's not a great start but it's something and then she changed charter schools and she approached me again and she said now i'm in charge of curriculum and i'd really like to go more in depth on the personal financial literacy in my school would you be willing to help me and i said of course you know what what are you thinking and she said well i'd really like to start from scratch and have you and my banker friend help me write the curriculum from scratch. And so this happened right as uh, COVID was coming into full full gear and there was nobody at, around at school. So we met every Friday uh, via Zoom and we just started talking about what does personal financial financial literacy look like? And we started with the basics and then we went all the way through So we were talking about budgeting. We were talking about saving and working and credit cards and credit scores and uh, getting a loan. And what does it look like to rent an apartment? And how much does college cost? And how do I find the answers to who's gonna give me a loan for school? And how do I apply for college? Basically anything, buying a car, right? Like we tried to get as in-depth as we possibly could into every aspect that might touch their lives. So when we think about the classes that we ask our kids to go through geometry, for example, or trigonometry, how many of those kids are truly going to use geometry or trigonometry in their life once they get out of school? Most of them never, right? But personal financial literacy touches their lives every single day. And so we just thought it was going to be a great program to instill the basics. And for the kids that want to go deeper, yep, we can go deeper.
0: And it sounds like because you're starting so 30,000 feet in the air with the basics, it's probably not a lot of preparation time in terms of you as a financial advisor knowing how to talk about it. It's more probably just like, okay, do we need to have any slides? What's the order of the talk going to be like? It's really just more of an organization than you have to recreate the wheel because you're probably talking about these things all day long with clients anyway, in some way, shape or form.
1: That's correct. And it like you said, simplified. So for example, the week we want to talk about budgeting, uh, we would sit down and say, let's assume you have $400 for the month for groceries. Let's w- look at a food plan. And then we're going to, uh, figure out what grocery store we're going to shop at and how many, how much will our $400 purchase for our food plan? And what makes that more project-based for those kids is now they have to realize that when we're planning a a full menu, right? We need hamburger, we need uh, taco meat, we need taco seasoning, lettuce, tomatoes, and it starts to expand their knowledge of, oh, I guess when mom makes dinner at home, it's not as easy as just whipping it all out, right? There's a process to the whole plan itself. When we went to this new program style, creating it after COVID, we actually meet with the kids five days a week for the first trimester. So they learn something different every day, but every year it builds. So the charter school specifically that I'm working with is 6th grade through 12th grade. So we'll start out with the 6th graders learning the same concept, but maybe not as in-depth. So whichever topic we're talking about, they will learn something in regards to that.
0: And are you sensing that they're going back home and they're talking about it at home with their parents?
1: I do believe they are. There are some questions that come up specifically in class. Like I had a student ask me one time, they're like, so you mean I have a part-time job and I could be putting money into a Roth right now, but I need my mom to help me set it up because I'm not 18. Yes, that's absolutely correct. So then, you know, it sparks a it sparks the question when they get home, hey mom, would you be willing to do this for me? Did you know I could do this? And quite honestly there's some families that we believe the parents don't know anything about the financial literacy part of it because they weren't taught either. So it's a way to give back twofold because we're touching the students and then the students are then touching their parents.
0: That's great. It's almost like sneaky teaching, right? So you're you're teaching the teacher, but in this case, the teacher is the students going home and teaching their own parents, right? So that's that's phenomenal when you think about it, because you could almost have a follow-up conversation with those parents. If you could get them all in a room, I'm sure they'd have a million and seven questions to ask you about.
1: Right. And so again, project-based, when we get to the 12th graders, they have to uh, create a final project on the financial literacy piece. So they get to take whichever piece of the pie resonated with them. And then they have to create a PowerPoint that is then presented to parents and anybody else that comes into the room.
0: Wow. So tell me, can you give me just a quick run through of one lesson that you gave and kind of walk through like how much time did you spend? What did you cover? Some of the basics.
1: Sure. So for example, I came in and actually did a financial plan with the kids. So we chose an age, we chose an income, we talked about expenses in retirement, and we put the whole plan together. It didn't take but a half an hour to put all those pieces together, right? We just created Susie Smith what her income was currently, how much she was putting into her 401k. And I let them see how it extrapolates out to what retirement looks like and how much income they may or may not be able to have. And the opportunity for them to see it in black and white really opened their eyes. They were like, wow, that that's a lot of money, you know, because... The compounding over time, as you know, makes a huge difference. So, when we started it with somebody who was fresh out of college at 22 years old, and even just putting $100 a month away turned into a significant amount of money at retirement. And it was just phenomenal to see them be wow, it it does matter.
0: So, I'm curious, what feedback are you getting from the school?
1: The school absolutely loves the fact that. Professionals in every walk of financial literacy are willing to come in and help these kids. We had an assistant manager from a grocery store come in and talk to the kids about getting a job and how prices fluctuate and you know what it means to shop on the outside of the grocery store as opposed to all the inside and, and the difference of the food quality and the family dynamic when a child can go home and say, mom, I learned that we're supposed to shop on the outside of the grocery store. What does that look like? Let's go grocery shopping together, right? So there's a lot of, uh, hidden messages that come from this way of teaching. And I think it's just fantastic for everybody. And feedback from the kids. Every child is different And especially when you're in a charter school, there's going to be some kids that don't want to listen, don't care to listen, but in some form or fashion, there will be a piece of this curriculum that will fit and resonate with them. And I think that's the best part is when you see them, their eyes perk up from being not interested to all of a sudden, oh, I get to do this or I can do that. What does it mean to own a house? Oh. That's cool. And so let me
0: ask you this. When you come back to the classroom the second day, the third day, the fourth day, are they warm and fuzzy at that point because you've had a little bit of time with them? Or is it still a little kind of teacher-student relationship?
1: I would say for the most part, it is... um, This will be my... fourth year with this particular school. So there are some kids that when I walk in the room, they're like, Oh, I remember you. What are you going to teach us about this time? Right? Uh, So that's very positive as well, because again, these are kids who don't necessarily fit in, in the traditional school setting. So for them to be able to communicate, or reach out or want to communicate or reach out and ask questions really makes me feel like I'm making a difference in somebody's life, even if it's just one, even if it's just one per year. And so I have banker friends, I have CPA friends, um, I have a funeral director, all of these different people come in and talk to these kids. So they're really getting an opportunity to speak to so many different professionals in and around their community that give them the opportunity to reach out to them once they're out of school as well.
0: You know, As I sit here thinking about it, it's funny because you're doing this for the good of the community, for the good of the kids, for the good of the schools. The ironic thing is you're probably networking yourself with all these different local businesses that people tend to want to do business with people that are like them that care about things, that take a stand, that have values. And it's funny because all of the people that you mentioned who are donating their own time back to it, it's interesting, they probably have a set of values, uh, at least a foundation of values that are probably very similar to yours. And it's probably interesting from a, like not that you're planning on using it for this, but like a business building standpoint for yourself, it's probably pretty neat because you're probably getting to spend time with people that you would do business with Outside of the classroom.
1: That's correct. I consider the people that I've brought into this program to be my centers of influence. And then they have other people that are in their network as well, right? So it's just like a spider web. So the first year we had maybe 12 or 14 different professionals coming in and talking to the kids. And then the second year we were up to 35 different people that came in, you know? So every year we're getting more and more people involved who really want to make a difference in these kids'
0: lives. Yeah, I'm sensing schools are starting to lighten up a little on the not wanting to bring people in from the business community. There used to be this uh, phobia of, oh, they're going to try and sell people. Or um, if we show favoritism to one advisor, then we need to show favoritism or make it open to all financial advisors. But it's kind of neat if you can answer the question, how will I use this in real life? When you have people in their real life who do this every day, you're probably answering that question for the kids. So I have to ask you, what's your favorite subject to teach out of all of them?
1: Out of all of them, I do enjoy the life insurance piece the best. To see them understand the different ways that life insurance can be utilized. We all know that number one, it's a death benefit, right? And it's it's love insurance. It's for the people we love the most in life. But for them to understand the different benefits that they can take forward in their lives and utilize their own saving power to generate income in the future is is really phenomenal.
0: And tell me about any conversations that you had with the kids individually, either during the class or maybe even a year later, that sticks out in your head where you say, wow, that makes me feel really good about what i just did and the time i just spent
1: so there was a end of year project where they had to create a product or service and then bring it to a group of a uh, a group of professionals so it was kind of like shark tank and one of the kids uh, one of the girls who I would have said I didn't think was really paying attention to all of the different lessons we were teaching throughout the the semester.
0: Oh, you mean like a typical teenager who isn't looking at you when you talk, gives you one word answers, makes you feel like you're talking to yourself, right? Oh, the normal,
1: right? So yes, very much typical teenager in the classroom setting, and yet she put the the best product together that I could imagine. She created nails, fake nails that you could purchase from a vending machine. Like fingernails, like fingernails. Yes. So, and she would, she painted them all herself, hand designed, and then put them in a little package and she wants them to go into a vending machine specifically in hotels for people who may have forgotten to bring their nail polish with them or you know broken nail or needed some fixing and i thought that was so ingenious so she figured out the price she figured out uh, her cost so she really went in depth and then she even went as far as to to talk to a few hotels and just see if they would be interested in letting her sell her product with them so the fact that she took the entire picture and did it all you know from marketing to the cost analysis to creating a a price point that would be Fair for everyone. It was it was just really cool to see. And she just really appreciated everything that we had provided her with to do that.
0: So it's funny you thought she wasn't paying attention, and wow, was she paying right. attention? Unbelievable! And she probably had that idea sitting in her head for years. And you basically just brought it front of mind, and then gave her the framework. And look at how she took off. That's great. So, what would you say to other financial advisors who might not have been thinking about doing this or maybe have been but haven't taken that first
1: step? I think the most important thing is to find a connection inside of a school somewhere. Whether it's because you have children in in that school or you have uh, a client who has children in a school, there's always opportunities we just have to ask. And I think that the biggest thing is having that connection with a teacher or a principal, somebody that can get you that first step inside the school. You can sit down, have a a good conversation with them, and just let them know who you are and why you want to help. Not that you think that you can teach better than the teachers can, but you have a different perspective. You have a different way of bringing knowledge to those students, and it's not going to cost the teachers anything.
0: Right. In fact, it's probably takes a little off of them because they're basically bringing someone in and just coordinating the teacher for the day. And they get to be, it's almost like they get to be a student themselves for the day,
1: right? Exactly. Because I'm not a teacher because that's not what I am. But I am a financial professional who in a way is a teacher because I educate my clients, right? So I am better equipped to educate their students on the financial end of it than they are. You know, if I want to have a new carpet put in, I don't do that myself. I go to the carpeting expert, right? I think of it the same way.
0: You know, in colleges, they utilize other professionals outside the professor. I think that that's probably where education needs to go at the high school level, at least, where we start to bring in people from the community that they live in to be teacher for the day. I think it breaks things up. It creates less monotony. And you really probably have people who want to give back and are willing to give back. And probably because they're so knowledgeable in their specific area that they could probably be an amazing resource. Like you said, not only while the kids are in school, but afterwards. So when I when you hear me say that, what's your vision? Where do you think in your area where it goes from here? Like if we were looking at the program you're doing, in let's say three to five years, do you think there'll be a lot of changes?
1: I think that we're just going to continue to grow upon what we already know. You know, the first year we tried to have it throughout the whole school year. Second year, we moved it into the one trimester. Last year, we tweaked those classes a little bit more, what kind of assignments would go with each of the different lessons and increasing the community experts. I would think at some point, um, we we would be excited to be able to tell people we have too many professionals, right? And that if you want to participate next year, you need to get your name on the list right away. That to me would be hugely successful to know that we want to have that many people that are interested in really educating our children moving forward.
0: Wow, that's awesome! I cannot believe that I got to meet you, and it was at uh, an industry event called the Million Dollar Roundtable, which is not just the United States. It's worldwide. And probably at these events, probably about ten thousand financial advisors from around the country. And you're the creme de la creme of that group. And having met you to see, not only are you great at what you do, but you give back. You give back to the community where you started it. and, I think that that's just, uh, you're a role model for what we all should be doing, and this was fantastic. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Heather. You were fantastic. I'll put all your information in the show notes, but I hope not only the educators in the communities that listen to our podcast, but the financial advisors also around the country, because if they can team up and do this together, forget about it. We won't need to talk about financial literacy anymore because everyone will just be financially literate.
1: Right, and that would be absolutely phenomenal, wouldn't it? I hope you enjoyed our episode
0: of Total Sense. A special thank you goes out to Verso Studios at the Westport Library. Tune in for our next Money Chat.